So as Chris said, we're in the middle of a series right now called I'm Confused. So at Salt Company, we've been talking about phrases and questions that we talk about uh, in our culture and society today, especially uh, on the college campus. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about love is love and, and talked about the biblical perspective on that. Um, and in this series, we're trying to see what the Bible has to say and how the Bible can inform some of our decisions and rationales for culture's thoughts and questions. And today we're going to be talking about the phrase, follow your dreams. Um, so this is a phrase we've all heard thousands of times, and it's an answer to the question of, what am I supposed to do with my life? What are we here for? Um, what am I going to do? What should I do? Follow your dreams. And, and our dreams are just our hopes and ambitions for the future. If you close your eyes and picture yourself in 10 years, 15, 20 years, those are your dreams. Um, you guys are all at Mizzou in Columbia. Maybe you're not at Mizzou. Um, you're probably here to get a degree. You're probably here to get a good job, make a lot of money, have a successful career. This might be part of your dreams. Um, so we're going to be digging into that a little bit tonight. Um, but to start us off, I actually had a video that I thought really, really clearly encapsulated kind of what we're talking about. So this is by one of my favorite pastors, John Orberg. Um, sorry for the video quality, but yeah, give your attention to one of these screens. Now, my grandmother was a wonderful person. She taught me how to play the game Monopoly. She understood that the name of the game is to acquire. She would accumulate everything she could. She became the master of the board. And eventually, every time, she would take my last dollar, and I would quit in utter defeat. And then she would always say the same thing to me. She'd look at me, and she'd say, one day, you'll learn to play the game. One summer, I played Monopoly with a neighbor almost every day, all day long. We'd play Monopoly for hours. And that summer, I learned to play the game. I came to understand the only way to win is to make a total commitment to acquisition. I came to understand that money and possessions, that's the way that you keep score. And by the end of that summer, I was more ruthless than my grandmother. I was ready to bend the rules if I had to to win that game. And I sat down with her to play that fall. I took everything she had. I destroyed her financially and psychologically. I watched her give her last dollar and quit in utter defeat. And then she had one more thing to teach me. Then she said, now it all goes back in the box. All those houses and hotels, all the railroads and utility companies, all that property and all that wonderful money. Now it all goes back in the box. Wow. I think that video is super powerful. It totally addresses this question we're going to be talking about today, which I think is a mega important question. Um, I'm, only, I'm only 23. I remember when I came to college, everything is about what do I want to be? How do I want to live my life? Who do I want to become? I think this question is super important to think about, and if we don't think about it, we're probably going to waste our life. Um, and and when in preparing this, I was reading this book called Cazone by Craig Rochelle. He's a really sweet author and a pastor in Oklahoma. Um, in his book Cazone, he says, so he's talking about when we're on our deathbed, thinking about our life, what are we going to think about? So he says, um, so we probably won't die in an instant. That's leading up to this. But for you, chances are 
that at the end of your life you will die in bed waiting. And while you wait, you will likely have days, weeks, even years to think, to look back on your life. Imagine yourself there, lying in bed and reflecting, reading back through the chapters of your life story. What did my life add up to? Did I really matter? What did I live for? Who will remember me? What will they say about me when I'm gone? Why was it important that I existed? He later goes on to talk about we aren't on our deathbed. We can think about these questions now and try and live our life in a different way. Um, about a year and a half ago, I was at the funeral for my father, and we, we were remembering his legacy that he always said that he wanted to live by. He said, in all of his years of ministry, he said that when I die at my funeral, I want people to say one thing about me, that, that John loved people, he loved God, and he loved man. Um, and that's when I realized, like, the, the type of, the type of person that we want to be, our legacy, has got to be one of the most important things about us. Who, what are we going to do with our lives? How we want to live should inform every decision that we make in life. Uh, I'm going to read from Matthew 6, 19 through 20 real, real quick, and then we're going to pray. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But instead, store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much just for this day. Thank you that it's not snowing today. Uh, we could all get here safe. Jesus, I pray that you would just speak. You would speak through me supernaturally and just that what you want to say can be heard. Uh, Jesus, I pray that anything that I might say that's not from you would be forgotten, um, and then we could learn how you want us to live in this life, that we could read from your book and figure out how you want us to live. What, you, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to live our lives? This big, big question, Jesus, I pray that we can think about this well tonight and, and better follow you. Amen. So we're thinking about how do we want to live our lives? What do we want to do with our lives? Logically, when we consider the intention of our life, it makes sense to think about the purpose for which we were created. The Bible says that God made us and that he created us for a purpose. Uh, Romans 9, 20 and 21, it says, but you who are a human being to talk, but who are you a human being to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make of the same lump of clay, some pottery for special purposes and for common use. I like this verse because it shows that God is our creator. And this pottery image is really, really cool because we can relate to it. It, it would be like if we were to make a clay dish and the dish were to say, no, I'm supposed to be a teapot. And we're like, what? That doesn't make any sense. So God, in a similar way, he's our creator and he gets to determine our purpose because he created us. If you guys are taking TOG, we were talking about how God is the supreme authority because he's the creator, and it's the same way. He gets to decide what it is because he's the creator. He gets to make the rules. It makes sense that the creator of an object gets to determine its purpose. So when God created us, he created us with dreams. We, he created our dreams. Our dreams can be our passions, our interests, our gift and ambition, the things that we see ourselves doing when we close our eyes and picture the future, 
and then the ability to make it happen. Um, I think a lot of you guys are in school to learn how to do really, really cool things, and you probably have a passion for what that might look like down in the future. Maybe you're an architect and you want to build chapels and cathedrals, and like that is, that is a passion, and that's a dream, and that is God made in us to, to build and fashion things, and it's incredible. He says that we're made in his image, and, and he says to exercise dominion over the earth, and I was talking with Matt Dennings, and he was saying that, that dominion means like improving on what's already there. So, so Adam was given reign over all the animals and he, he domesticated some animals and he, he set up systems to, to kill and slaughter the ones to eat. He exercised dominion over the earth in a similar way. Even now today, when God says, it's, he's, he made us to dream, exercise dominion over what you have in your response. He wants us to use our dreams to glorify him. So we're talking about storing up treasures in heaven and storing up treasures on earth. That's in the Matthew 6 and 19. Um, so God wants us to, to use our dreams and our gifts to store up treasures in heaven. He wants our, our, the desires of our heart to be in heaven. So he created us with dreams so that we could store up our treasures in heaven. And so what does it mean to store up our treasures in heaven? This is a really confusing phrase. If you're a Christian, it's hackneyed, and you've heard it a thousand times, and it doesn't mean anything. But let me try and explain. This is kind of a crazy concept. Storing up our treasures in heaven, it seems in the Bible, in the New Testament, in a handful of places, Paul and Jesus, they, they seem to be talking about that we can do things on earth that affect our experience of heaven. So what that means is everyone's experience in heaven might not be the same. They seem to be saying again and again that we can do things on earth that will positively enhance our experience of heaven, that we can actually accumulate some sort of treasure. Who knows what it is? That we can actually accrue some sort of treasure in heaven. And this is kind of insane, uh, that we can like store up treasures in heaven by doing things here on earth. So God, God gave us dreams, and he gave us desires, and this is a good thing that he gave us, and it's beautiful. And he wants us to seek our treasures in heaven. So in that Matthew 6 19 and 21 and 22, he says, for where your heart is, for your, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So if our treasure is here on earth and we're, we're trying to follow our passion and success in our career and do that, our, our treasure is on earth, our heart will also be on earth. And God says, no, I want your heart. Sometimes our dreams and desires show us where we're storing our treasure. Wherever your dreams and desires are, show you where your treasure is. Later on in the verse, it says, you cannot serve two masters. You will love one and hate the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. Where your dreams and desires are, it shows you where you're keeping your treasure. God says, I want to be, I want your treasure. Sometimes we can keep our dreams and desires. And when we think about the future, what we can be drawn to is, is three main things, any of these three, maybe all of them, maybe one of them, is power, money, and fame. We can dream about power, money, and fame. I think especially in college, these are very alluring. Power is, is influence over man. Maybe this is in a corporate setting. Maybe it's not. I think if I wasn't, if I wasn't a believer, I would try to enter some sort of corporate system climb the ladder as fast as humanly possible, be cutthroat, do whatever it takes to get more power, more influence, more control. Kind of like Ryan Howard from The Office. 
he becomes the youngest CEO in Dunder Mifflin history. That didn't last. Um, the, another thing is money. Money is probably, probably one of the biggest. We have visions of money, ideas, passionate about money. How can we be passionate about money? Close our eyes. Man, I want a good job. I want six figures. I want to have a three-car garage on eight acres with two Corvettes in case one breaks down. I want to have three golden retrievers, purebred, expensive dogs. This, this money, it's this trusting in, in money for my security, the acquisition of wealth, the ruthless acquisition of wealth, properties, utilities, railroads, just like the Monopoly video is talking about. And the last thing being fame. I think fame is killer, especially in 2020. TikTok and Snapchat and YouTube and uh, uh, everything, Instagram, Instagram. I feel like the need for likes, the need for likes and being famous and the esteem of others, uh, being recognized and loved and getting likes and having views and getting likes and being famous is one of the biggest dreams of, of young people like American Idol. Everyone wants to be famous. Everyone wants to be famous. I think these are the three biggest places that our dreams can go, that we are tempted to put our treasure in the earth. All these things are to benefit ourselves. None of these are to benefit others. They're all about ourselves. They will not last, just like in that Monopoly video. It all goes back in the box. And so the reason that all these do not last is because they stay on earth. They are a fleeting breath, just like this life on this planet. It is here today, gone tomorrow, just like that. But instead, we want to think about eternity. If we can store up treasures in heaven, they, it will last for eternity. And, and I think one of the helpful ways that we can compare the fleeting breath that is our life on earth compared to eternity is the length of time for eternity is described as like a, a steel ball, like a stainless steel ball, like in a ball bearing, but the size of the earth. So very, very big. Um, and so if there's a ball that big and an eagle flies by once a year and rubs its wing against the surface of the ball, it'll take off a few atoms, right? Every time that you do this, a few atoms come off, a few atoms come off. So the amount of time that it would take the eagle to wipe off every atom from that ball bearing is like a, maybe an, an okay way to try and understand eternity while we're still on earth. It is this uncomprehensible amount of time. So why would, we, why would we be doing things on this planet to store up our treasures on earth where moth and rust will destroy and the thief can steal when we can be investing in eternity? We can make investments on earth that will have no lasting effect or we can make investments that have eternal dividends. I'm using that monopoly language. Um, so let's invest with eternal dividends. First of all, I think to invest with eternal dividends, how are we gonna do this? First of all, is Jesus wants our life to be about him. God sent his son to be perfect and selfless, live a life on earth and sacrifice himself so that we could be close to him. He humbled himself so that we could be saved from death. That's how much he wants to be with us and he wants our life to be about him. He was selfless and he sacrificed and he humbled himself. He wants us to draw close to him too. And he wants our life to be about him. 
He wants, he wants us to give him our life. If you guys haven't given him your life and you're thinking about it, you should definitely talk to one of the staff or something like that, or your leader. We would love to chat with you guys about it. He wants us to glorify God. Jesus wants us to give God the glory with our life. He wants us to store up our treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where we can build treasure that's gonna last. In, in uh, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, it's one of the most best-selling Christian books of all time. It's got four famous words. It's not about you. It's not about you. What's the purpose of life? How are we gonna make eternal dividends? Well, first of all, it's not about us. We're gonna get Jesus to figure it out for us. Let's see. We wanna build a life that's high quality and will pass the test. So in 1 Corinthians 3, 10 and 14, 3, 10 to 14, this is a long section, bear with me. It says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care for no one can lay any foundation than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, that's the good stuff, or wood, hay, or straw, not so nice, their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day, that's capital D day, this is the day that Jesus comes back and he's gonna, he's gonna judge our work. He says, the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed by fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what he has built survives, the builder will receive a reward. This is an eternal reward. This passage is saying that in our life, we are building something. And Jesus says, if it's gonna be quality, it's gonna survive the test. If we're building something that's not quality, pretty flimsy, we are not gonna be getting this eternal reward that he's promising. Some other things that show us an eternal reward is Matthew 5.11. He says, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. And Luke 12, 33, this is very similar to the Matthew verse that we're looking at. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. This provides purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. And then Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. All these, all these verses are, are saying something along the same lines. How are we going to get an eternal reward? I think it's all, about, it's all about the people. So human beings are divine creatures. We, we are made special. Above all creation, we are special. God says we're more valuable. We are divine. We are eternal beings. For this reason, our interactions with humans seem to be much more important than how we live for ourselves. What matters in our life is how we treat one another. This is, this is it. What matters in life is how we treat one another. And we'll see from Jesus' example. These verses show us that we want to be humble just like Jesus and serve and sacrifice for people. Just like the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. This is... This is, the, this is the gospel, and this is what Jesus is saying to do, to earn this treasure in heaven that will never fade away. Not like the Pharisees, though. So we want to do good works. We want to serve, and we want to be self-sacrificial. Uh, we want to honor God in this way, but we do not want to be like the Pharisees 
who say, who, when they give to the needy, they announce it with trumpets, like the hypocrites in the synagogues and on the streets. They want to be honored by others. And the Bible says, truly I tell you, that when they do this, they have received their reward in full. That's their full reward. It's just people watching them. He says, he says I don't want that. If you're going to give to the needy, do it in secret. Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. He says, I want you to serve. I want you to be self-sacrificial. Die to yourself. Serve somebody else. But don't, don't do it out loud. Don't do it for attention. Because if you do it for attention, that's all the reward you're going to get. So what are some practical ways we can serve and sacrifice? How can we store up some treasures in heaven? Really practically. I think it's about giving our time and our energy to help others. Um, with your roommates, you can do all the dishes, more than your fair share. You can turn off the light when they left it on. All this is serving and sacrificing. You can do their dishes. Did I already say that? You can do their dishes. When it's not your dish, you can do that dish and love and serve your roommate. Sacrificing. You can give someone a ride. If someone, someone's car breaks down, we can give them a ride. I think that's huge. And that's sacrificing. That's self-sacrificial. When we give our time and our energy to serve someone else, that is like, that's sacrificing ourselves, and that's serving. We're giving up of our resources to serve someone else. At your job, let's do more, more than what you're expected to do. Do work that's not, not your job. That's not my job. I'm not doing that. No, do that. Serve. Love your boss. Love your coworkers. For great is your reward in heaven. In class, pick up a piece of trash on the floor. Serve the university. Serve your professor. Help people study. Tutor people. Honor your professors. The Lord, he's promising to, to gifts. In doing these things, we also show others Christ and we glorify him. As Christ was humble and serving and self-sacrificial. I think sometimes it's really hard to be serving, to be servant-hearted and self-sacrificing. It can be really hard for a whole bunch of reasons. Why, why is it hard? I think sometimes we're just concerned about meeting our basic needs. So if I'm, if I'm busy self-sacrificing and giving to myself or buying someone's food if they need it, all these things, Jesus is saying, yes, great is your reward in heaven. Continue doing this, putting your treasure in heaven and not on earth. Sometimes maybe we're concerned that we won't have enough that we need. I won't have enough of what I need to live. That our basic needs are not going to be met if we're always out helping. Um, but Jesus says, consider the lilies in the field. They do, not, they do not reap, they do not sow, but yet Solomon in all his splendor was not clothed like one of them. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and, and God is going to provide. I think another reason that it's super hard sometimes, why is it hard to be serving, to be a servant and be like Christ to people and earn this treasure in heaven? Is one, it's not really celebrated. So these traits, humility is not really a celebrated trait in our culture today. We don't really honor that. Uh, what we do celebrate uh, are people that are handsome, witty, funny, musical, and athletic. If you flip on the TV or YouTube or TikTok, every single person, handsome, witty, Talented, musical, athletic, clever, funny. Uh, Aaron Rodgers just signed a contract with the Packers. Uh, <laughs> um, the, the biggest contract in NFL history per year. Is that right? It's crazy. 
Patrick Mahomes signed his contract a few years ago to play for the Chiefs, making millions and millions of dollars. I think Aaron Rodgers is making 50 million a year for the next three years. Yeah, I think, I think maybe if, if people were getting paid 50 million a year to be servants and to honor one another and to be self-sacrificing, it might be a little easier to do that. So it's not, it's not a celebrated trait in our culture today. However, God honors these qualities. God says he wants to reward us when we're like this with eternal gifts in heaven. He says, sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have something that will not wear out. Another reason that it's really hard to give up, to sacrifice our time, our energy, our money, and serve other people is because we are egocentric and we like it when stuff is for us. We don't want to give up control. We don't want to give up our time, our money. It's all about me. I want to do what I want to do, and I'm not going to let anyone else figure out or decide, tell me what I should be doing. I think that's one of the reasons, the biggest reasons why it's hard to live outside of ourselves is because we just want, we want to control our lives, and, and I, want to, I want to do me, and I want to look out for number one. Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. Die to yourself, follow me. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? If you're only looking out for yourself, what does it profit you? Last final reason why I think it can be super hard to live like this. Maybe this is you is we can be short-sighted and we can lose track of the big picture on, of, of this brief time on this planet. Um, this short-sightedness is why we sleep in on a test day or why we stay out late the night before an exam when we should be studying. It's instantaneous gratification. I need, I need this now. I don't want to wait. It's not worth the wait. That's why fast food is so appealing. It's more expensive than cooking your meals at home, but it's quick and nice and we don't have to wait. Um, but we need this eternal perspective. This life on earth is super short, super short. It is here today, gone tomorrow, especially compared to the rest of eternity. So we need to be, we need to be thinking about our decisions today and how they affect eternity. If, what, if, what is, if our treasure on earth spoils and fades, it makes, it makes a lot more sense to just invest in, in eternity and in heaven where the moth and the vermin do not destroy. So how are we gonna live our lives? For others, for ourselves, pursuing our dreams of fame and fortune and power, or for others, impacting eternity, earning ourselves treasures in heaven, and maybe having an appeal on an, an impact, an eternal impact on someone else's life. Sometimes our dreams can be so strong. We have this picture of what we want, where we want to be. I want to be an important man. I, I remember when I was younger a few years ago, all I wanted was to be someone who was respected and thought of well. Fame. I just wanted... I wanted high reputation, high esteem from my peers and everyone in the place. That's, that was my dream. That's what I wanted. And that was the only thing that was important to me. And if I chased that my whole life, I would be left empty asking myself, what was I really chasing the whole time? It was pointless. And I would have wasted my entire life 
only just have left no impact and done nothing meaningful. Just like, just like the dog who wakes up, gets his belly rubbed, chases his tail, maybe catches a frisbee, and then dies. He has a pointless life. He doesn't do anything. So how do we want, our, how do we want to live our lives eternally? Yeah, where, where are your dreams right now? Are we trying to store up treasures in heaven or on earth? Yeah, let me pray, and we'll be done. Heavenly Father, uh, we just pray that you would help us live our lives in, in a way that honors you. You seem to have the path to life, Jesus. We want, we want to serve you and we want to honor you. We want to obey you, Jesus. I pray that we can take a good look at our lives, Jesus, and see what we're chasing see what we're desiring, what we want to give our lives for, Jesus, and that we would, we would compare it to what you say we should be doing with life. Is this good? Is this going to bring, bring life to me, to others? Is this profitable? Is this a good way to spend my life? Is this worth chasing? Jesus, we, you give us such good desires and good dreams, and we pray that we could use our dreams to pursue things that you say are worthy of chasing, Jesus. And then while we do this, we can honor you and glorify you and serve one another and lay down our lives to love one another. And those who don't know you, Jesus, would you help us show other people your love and your care for them? We love you so much. Amen.